Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy, Romance, and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Jewel kitties today. Ah. Today is Thursday, June 24th. I'm doing the jewel tone theme today. Remembered my earrings, so I'm a little more recombobulated. I really like these earrings. I got them at a jewelry store in Tucson at Long Cantata Mall, which is the jewelry store is now out of business, I think. But they had all this really cool shell jewelry. So this one is a simple post, a gold oval that is inset with this beautiful, and you may not get the color. I don't know why the colors come out weird on here. Um, it is a deep emerald green. Um, what do you call this? Not coral, but I may not be able to think of the word. So I apologize to you guys, not on video. You know, it's, um, like the stuff that's on the inside of like an abalone shell, sort of got that shimmery wavy pattern to it. So anyway, I love these because they are this great deep emerald green, which as I comment sometimes, uh, now I have something in my eye. Let's see if that took care of it. No, it didn't. Pause. Okay, that's better. Um, it's not easy to find good greens in jewelry and clothing. Why is this? I don't know. Must be hard to get that real resonant nature green in inanimate things. Also, maybe people don't care, which is possible because I know that it's unusual that I like to wear greens. So, um, yeah, the, I love these earrings. The, um, unfortunate aspect is that the posts are very poor quality and probably have a ton of nickel in them and I can't wear them for more than a few hours before my ears start bleeding. <laughs> uh, not from the inside, but through the skin. It's uh, sorry if that's TMI. Yeah, it just starts to, um, kind of ulcerate. Gross, huh? All right. So, um, let's talk about writing. Um, I am working away on bright familiar. I have finished, I've passed the 90,000 word mark. Um, you know, and sometimes people ask me, how do I know how long it will be? And I don't, um, I guess that's probably the simple answer. I'm guessing that I have got between 4,000 and a little shy of 12,000 words left. And that's part of what I was talking about yesterday. If I said anything coherent at all yesterday, um, I, I did 3000 words yesterday. Yeah. I know that I was talking a good, uh, game of maybe trying to get 5,000 words a day for the next three days. Um, and that was not going to happen. I felt like I did well to get the 3000. I was pretty tired. But um, we'll see what I do today. Um, astute listeners among you will note that uh, 
4,000 words um, that I could easily do, 3,000 today and 3,000 tomorrow and get that. 12,000 words, not so much. But I don't think it's going to take 12,000 words. Um, I'm kind of looking at my... So this is how I figure it. And I know I've talked about this before, but in case you haven't heard it before, or if you want to hear how it's working, you know, sort of as I calculate these things that, I mean, dark wizard was 102,000 by the time I was also all was said and done. Um, so I knew I ballparked this one at a hundred thousand because I figured it would be you know you you want books in your series to be approximately the same length um you don't have to do that but it's a it's a reader expectation thing if you have one book that's very long and one that's very short people get confused and they start thinking well maybe the short one left something out it's not necessarily true but um i think we're just really trained culturally to expect things to be of equivalent segments and if it's not it's a signal so you know a couple weeks ago who knows what is art who am i um <laughs> i talked about the you guys i make myself laugh i don't it doesn't matter if you laugh because i'm over here laughing um <laughs> doing my podcast for myself now i amused myself so much i forgot my train of thought um a few weeks ago oh i was talking about chapter length and the thing about chapter length is you know i was talking about how some authors just like write the whole book in one swoop and then go back and divide it into chapters of equivalent length um others you know like go to a whole lot of trouble stop on a hook um i do kind of stop on a hook but i also stop i don't consciously stop on a hook i don't say what's the hookiest place where i could stop this um i stop where i feel like I've sort of completed a scene, completed a piece, and that is not like a dead stop. Got a little cuticle piece sticking out there. What would Ruby say? Ruby is very funny because she's my nail gal, and you guys recall that I was not getting my nails done for a while because she was out uh, having a surgery and long recovery. She got an infection too. What is this? Everybody who gets surgery gets an infection these days. Um, but <laughs> she was doing my nails last week and she's like, they're getting longer again. Cause when I was not getting them done, I don't know if you guys saw, but they were like all the way down to the nubs and she was saying, oh, they're getting longer again. And I said, yes, after you abandoned them and she go, you know, because she, fortunately we get along well, she enjoys my teasing or at least puts up with my teasing. Uh, and she goes, I know my poor babies <laughs> it made me laugh. So the other thing you can do with chapter length is that you can play with reader expectations. And I will do this that, um, I will have shorter chapters when the action is accelerating or when the tension is accelerating, because then, um, I don't know this is what I think that it like signals to the reader that this isn't a longer, slower building the story chapter. This, uh Oh, this is like 
cliffhanger. This is like the segment before the commercial, right? I think you could play on those expectations. Oh, it's a lovely, cool breeze this morning. You see the leaves behind me? Uh, we may get rain, actual water falling from the sky. I know. One of my lavenders, actually two of my lavenders that I have had planted since we moved in low these dozen years ago, um, they did not survive. Uh, I think the winter was too dry and they are crispy crittered. I dug one out this morning. Instead of weightlifting, I've decided to um, do some like rock shoveling. We have this gravel driveway. Gravel's probably too strong of a word. Small rocks, small chunky rocks, not actual gravel, but bigger rocks. And so we have this kind of, because we're rural, so it comes in off the street and then we have a circle that goes around what we call, wait for this, you guys, we call it the center thing. The center thing. I, is there a word for these things? But you know, it's like this circular, uh, for us, it's kind of like a teardrop shape in the middle of the circular driveway. And we have it planted, we have a wind sculpture there, and we have it planted with cactus. I had it planted with two lavender. Once upon a time it was three lavender, and I don't remember, I think the third lavender like never quite established. But the other two had done well until this year. And so I've been, what happens with those rocks is as we drive on them, they squish out to the sides. And we end up getting sort of making like little two tracks from the cars going on them and all the and mounds of gravel off to the sides. So instead of weightlifting this summer, I've decided on my what would be my weightlifting days. I'm going out and I'm shoveling rock because I thought, why not put that muscular energy to a good purpose? So strong like bull. <laughs> I do not have good guns. I have soft, even though I'm pretty strong, I have soft looking arms, but. I'm, I'm trying to be at peace with that. Um, I do not have Michelle Obama guns. See, I can make a little bulge. There's a little bit of a bulge there. <laughs> um, David keeps wanting to add rocks. You know, he's like, we should buy another load of gravel, gravel to put on the driveway. And I'm like, you know, it's not like it's going anywhere. It's not blowing away. It's not, we don't need to add more. We need to redistribute what's there. So that's been my project, redistributing what's there. Another tangent. This is where my brain is at right now. So back to book length. You kind of want books in a series to be an equivalent length unless you're signaling something to the reader. But I kind of figure within plus or minus 10K is going to happen. That's just, uh, you know, like the 12 Kingdoms books, I think those ended up being like 105, 106, and then 120 for book three. Um, book three is often longer because you have so many threads to tie up. Uh, and I think it's kind of okay for book two to be a little bit shorter. <laughs> no, not just saying that um, because there's two ways to know I'm coming at the end. Okay, so one is I know approximately how long it's going to be when I start. <clears throat> then as I start writing this story, uh, you guys, if you've been listening a long time, you know that I follow the eight scene, three act structure. So basically how that works is that you divide your hundred thousand words into eight scenes, eight equivalent length scenes or into three acts. And the three acts are 
Act 1 is the first 25%, Act 2 is the middle 50%, and then Act 3 is the final 20% maybe because you leave a little bit at the end for denouement. Um, well, it's really the tw final 25%. Uh, it's just that Act 3 climax occurs at somewhere around 90%. So astute listeners among you will note that at 90,000 words, 100,000 word book, I'm at approximately the Act 3 climax, which I am. So that that's the good news. Um, what the Act 3 climax is can be a little bit fuzzy. There are some people who are much more rigid about this than I am. It will probably come as a surprise to none of you that I am intuitive about this rather than analytical. Um, so when I'm starting the book, when I'm right, because I'm a linear writer, um, I will look at where I think scene one ends and I can extrapolate that times eight, eight scenes, right? And guess how long it's going to be. Then when I get to the end of act one, which I generally know where the end of act one is because act one is when all the stakes are set. Um, and I know that's the first 25% times four. That's how long the book is going to be. When I get to midpoint 50%, which is halfway through the whole story, halfway through act two, act two takes up the middle 50%, right? When I hit that midpoint, then I do times two and I can guess at what the end is going to be. And that fluctuates by a couple thousand words in either direction. And I don't worry about that. Um, every once in a while, I'll have an act that ends like really solidly, like within a hundred words of what I thought it would be. And it's like, ew, <laughs> cool. That's like sticking the knife in the target. For those of you familiar with my knife throwing analogies, um, it can be cool to stick the knife on the target, but it's not the be all and end all. Uh, because the point is not to have the point. <laughs> yeah, book brain. Um, the point is not to have a knife st sitting on the target, right? Your, your objective is not to have a knife sitting solidly in a target. Your objective is the effort of throwing the knife, uh, the skill that's involved. I suppose if you were like a ninja fighting off enemies and you want to kill your pursuers, then sticking your knife in the target becomes the objective. Otherwise, no. So by doing this, I can kind of know where things are going to be. So I know that with, since I am right now at the act three climax at about 90,000 words, then that means that the book is probably going to come out to be around a hundred thousand, a hundred and two thousand words. So that's where the, maybe I have 12,000 to go. If I go all the way up to 102,000, that's 12,000 more words. Um, the 4,000 more words is, what would that be? I don't even know where that number comes from. I have this all on my spreadsheets. Um, oh, 48. Oh, that would be, that's my act three climax in an alternate scenario. So I have like two different scenarios depending on how I slice it. So basically the way it's working out now is I'm at this act three climax. I'm at that 90,000 words. 
I need to finish out this scene and anything that comes see then I start fading out right because I start thinking about the story um I have to see how this scene goes how this final scene goes will I need more story after that I don't know um I'm kind of thinking not partly because it because there's another book after this and I know don't don't be mad at me please don't be mad at me um <laughs> readers complain about cliffhangers and and I've been having a couple of conversations with people lately about um the difference between a cliffhanger and an open end um you know a cliffhanger gets used I think uh, much too often uh, a cliffhanger is you know literally comes from you know like like the melodramas where you would leave the protagonist literally hanging off of a cliff and end the story there so you have no idea whether or not the protagonist survives I mean you kind of hope they do um you don't know how they're going to get off this cliff that's an actual cliffhanger ending and yes there are authors who do this who like you know I I know one author I heard her talk and she's like make those cliffhangers razor sharp make them the cliffiest cliffhangers you can because that's how you get readers to go on to the next book and so yes there are authors who are absolutely working that model I do not do that I do not intentionally do that however I do write these longer stories with an ongoing arc and so with bright familiar yes there is definitely um more story after this and there are a lot of things that are going to be unresolved at the end of this story it's going to resolve one major thing and the rest is will be kind of open-ended so if this were the final book and in the trilogy or in this particular arc then I would have a lot more stuff at the end where we talk about um you know part of that remaining 10% so if your act 3 climax is at 90% that remaining 10% is partly to show what their lives are like after so you know if we talk about the three act climax as get your protagonists up a tree throw rocks at them get them down again so act one act two act three right so act three is when you get them down from the tree again so I'm getting mine down from one particular tree um, I have a whole forest of trees I'm getting them down from one tree and then if I were if there were not going to be any more trees in this forest if they were going to now go on to live happily ever after then I would spend uh, that 10% showing what their lives are like after after all of this in this particular case um <laughs> their lives they're, they're happy ever after um at least as far as I'm not talking romance wise I'm talking as like far as being left to live in peace um that is not going to happen in this particular book because they have a lot they have a lot of trees to climb people so so finding that place where it's emotionally satisfying where at least you feel like okay they're in a good place to deal with with this crap 
but then not everything is resolved. It, it's a balance. And so, so that's why I don't really know how many more words it's going to take me to finish out this bit. Um, I would like to finish today <laughs> if possible so that I could have tomorrow to go over it. Uh, if necessary, I could finish today and tomorrow and then spend some time going over it. And I will also revise once I get proofs back because I can change some things. I just have to be really careful not to introduce errors. So there, there's my uh, rambling crash course in book length, chapter length, and story structure. Uh, we'll pretend this is a, uh, an organized podcast where I like plan these things. On that note, I will remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You will find more podcasts, well-organized podcasts, that you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Thursday. Bye-bye.